1: From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NoCo, a daily slice of northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Wednesday, December 6th I'm Erin O'Toole. Last week, more than 2,000 people gathered in Denver for the Jewish National Fund's annual Global Conference for Israel. It happened as Israel intensifies its military response in Gaza following an attack by Hamas militants in October. Hamas killed more than 1,200 people in Israel and took hundreds more hostage. Since then, Israel Defense Forces have killed more than 15,000 in Gaza and displaced roughly three-quarters of Gaza residents. As the conference got underway, hundreds of protesters gathered outside the Colorado Convention Center to demand a ceasefire and call attention to Israel's occupation of Palestine. Denver resident Abdullah Elaha is from Gaza. I've lost over 70 family members over the past two months, and I don't want my home to be destroyed. Some Jews attending the conference amid heightened reports of anti-Semitism felt vulnerable, like Denver resident Sheriff klein Berlinberg We're under attack as Jews and as Zionists, and I think we're so lucky to have this conference to support one another. Conference goers weren't the only Jewish people at the convention center. The protests were organized in part by the local chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace. In the last few months, it's grown from 10 people advocating for Palestinian freedom to 120 activists, including 15 who were arrested on Sunday for chaining themselves to block Spear Boulevard. Across the country, more Jews are speaking out against the Israeli government and in support of a ceasefire. Protester Franny Alani from Denver says that was once taboo. I went to a very conservative synagogue growing up. If you expressed, you know, any critique or dissidence around Zionism... You're immediately alienated, silenced. Our producer, Mickey Kapper spoke with protesters and conference goers about how the conversation is shifting in the Jewish community, including protester Ali Cannington. Mickey was surprised to recognize them from the Jewish day school he attended as a child. It is critical that we show up as Jews, that we communicate their unapologetic, uncritical stand with Israel is wrong both inside and outside the conference we heard people express that they want everyone jews and palestinians inside israel gaza and beyond to be safe but it's harder for them to agree on what safety looks like i'm an american jew but israel is still my home right now there's a lot of anti-semitism in the world and in israel We can be safe. To me, there is no way that our safety can be sustained if it comes at the expense of other people. We can't use our fear to murder other people. Dr. Ira Chernis is Professor Emeritus of Religious Studies at the University of Colorado Boulder. He's been speaking out against the Israeli government's actions since 1968. He jokes that until the last decade, he was likely Boulder County's best-known Jewish critic of Israel. He joins us now to share how this conversation about Israel in the American Jewish community has changed over the decades. Ira Chernis, welcome to In the NoCo.
0: My pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: Now, we're hearing a prayer, Ose Shalom, led by a group of young Jewish activists outside the Global Conference for Israel. Could you tell us about this prayer and why we're hearing it at a protest in support of Palestine?
0: It is a traditional Jewish prayer. I was certainly familiar with it when I was growing up. The version that I grew up with was asking, God to create peace upon us and upon all Israel the word they changed they took out Israel and substituted for that the whole world and that's a a really huge huge change what this says to me is that we have this growing segment uh, uh, in the United States of Jews whose concern is much less narrowly ethnocentric and much more global
1: I want to go back, if I could, Um, for you. You mentioned growing up Jewish. What was your relationship with Israel like?
0: Very few Jews in the 1950s emphasized Israel as being central to their Jewish life. We knew about Israel, but it wasn't really all that central until the Six-Day War of June 1967. And there was a very dramatic uh, and almost instantaneous Uh, increase in the uh, centrality of Israel.
1: Now, I'm wondering when you first started questioning the actions of the Israeli government. Uh,
0: Well, I first started in 1968. Israel had conquered the West Bank and Gaza during that 1967 war. And by 68, it was clear that the Israelis were not going to give that territory up. They were going to remain as occupiers. And, um, I was in graduate school at the time, got together with a a number of other Jewish students, and um, we started expressing our concern that this was not a very good idea because it was just going to lead to trouble.
1: Did that change your relationship with your Jewish community?
0: Oh, yes, very much. In fact, what it meant is I had no relationship with the Jewish community. I arrived here in 1976 as the only professor being paid Uh, in a public university in Colorado to teach the history of Judaism. Uh, And you might have thought that the local Jewish community might want to take some advantage of my uh, learning, uh, dare I say, expertise. Um, But because I was publicly criticizing the policies of Israel, I never received that invitation. But it's important to say that um, in the early 2000s, um, Jewish institutions were beginning to open up to people who were voicing these critical concerns. I'm talking about Jewish people who were concerned about Jewish folks in the state of Israel, let me add, which includes my sister and her husband and their growing family. In order to protect the well-being of Israel, it was equally important to protect the well-being and the rights of the Palestinians.
1: This current climate that we're in right now is very heated. It feels like there is a lot at stake when people speak out. What can you say about that?
0: It's more intense now because of the intensity of the violence. And yes, it's hard to find people who want to say there's a middle ground. To me, you know, really bad things are being done on all sides in this conflict. That's for sure. Um, I think the Israeli government, though, is in a unique position because it has so much more power. So many Jews continue to see themselves as victims, as the vulnerable ones, as the threatened ones. And that simply doesn't match the reality that the Israeli government, which is virtually all composed of Jews, that's where the power lies in this conflict. And so in order to keep their own people safe, in order to keep my family safe, uh, that it's the Israeli government that should take the first steps toward peace.
1: Dr. Ira Charnas, thank you so very much for talking with me today.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: We invite you to reach out if you have thoughts or questions about this or anything else we cover. Email us at noco at kunc.org, or you can leave us a voicemail at 970-614-5323. And please leave your name and city as well, and we may use your comment in a future episode. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. Mickey Capper is our interim producer. Our executive producer is Robin Vincent. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. We'll see you next time.